podcast that covers the best albums and songs that music has to offer unrestrained by genre or any musical type i curtis will guide you through the music you ought to be listening to as we are commenting on music it's worth noting that all music covered on music talk is covered under the fair use copyright law with that out of the way let's get on with the show everybody welcome back to music talk my name's curtis first off i apologize for the bit of a delay there uh there's various reasons uh i don't want to bombard you with the reasons this is, it really isn't any you know difference to you i guess but uh at the end of the day you know there was things that came up in my personal life professionally and then of course there was the very glaring issue that my first episode i very much knew which album i wanted to do and then on the second episode i was like well which album should i actually do and it was tough because when you're choosing an album to do, it's, you know, I could choose any album and have, you know, maybe five minutes worth of conversation on it, but it doesn't make for a very interesting podcast. So when I was thinking of what album to do next, I, I really had to think about it. I had to listen to quite a bit of music in the meantime to sort of get an idea of what I wanted to listen to. And I think I, I said at the beginning of the first podcast that I wasn't really going to come in with too much of an agenda in terms of like when this was going to come out so uh that i apologize for but uh it was funny because the outpouring of uh demand for this podcast sort of overwhelmed me a little bit and uh you know after after looking at you guys your guys's email there and i saw what you guys were looking at i thought you know i i can't uh, sit on the bench for too long after this so here we're back with weezer's pinkerton now I open with Across the Sea, which is the fifth track on the album, but it's my favorite track uh, on the album as a whole, and uh, I think it just touches on these themes of insecurity and longing and sort of this almost hopelessness. Uh, Rivers Cuomo, lead uh, singer of Weezer at the time, he had gone through a pretty major surgery to essentially adjust his leg 
uh, and extend it. And he had to extend his leg or his bone like essentially every day. Uh, I'm not I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the specifics into this issue, but you know it caused him a lot of pain and suffering. And after the Blue Album, he sort of had all that pain and suffering, and he didn't know what to do with it. So he put it towards this music and. It, it was alienating to a lot of people when it first came out. You, if you go and look at reviews of the album when it first came out, there's definitely people who enjoyed it, but there was a lot of people too who said, what is this? Like, this is not the Blue Album. This is not the kind of like stoner, kind of, you know, like laissez-faire, whatever music. This is hardcore, like just anger and resentment and misery. But it's such a great album. Like, it, 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 it's not approachable. It's not a kind of the... the album you would probably play for someone on like a first date or something you know but it's it's the kind of music that i just enjoy listening to so much uh and sort of a bit of history into me and sort of why this album means so much to me is when when the album first came well well let's not say when the album first came out when i first got the album uh i was going through a bit of uh medical issues myself i had broken my leg previously and the bone never healed properly so essentially my leg needed to be completely broken and rebuilt and that was a very painful process i mean it was my entire leg was bruised up i couldn't walk on it for like almost two months three months it was very it was a very intense period of my life and I listened to this album, but I never felt I never think I had the context for this album. Like it never clicked until I had that issue, and the music almost became sort of like an anthem for my anger and my, you know, just wanting to get out and my wanting to, you know, be with my friends and party, not want to be stuck, you know, in a cast on a couch. <sighs> I just said casting couch in here. I'm just thinking of background casting couch. That's a joke that's gonna, you know, live on for ages, right? So. <sighs> I'm going to jump into each song and sort of discuss each one by one, but I just wanted to maybe, you know, start off by saying, yeah, Across the Sea is my favorite track, and I think it encompasses a lot of the themes of the album as a whole. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of really great songs. I know uh, Phil, shout out to My Thing Can Beat Your Thing, really likes El Scorcho, so there's a lot of al songs on this album that a lot of people enjoy, but that's my personal favorite. But um, let's uh, jump into the first track here, which is going to be Tired of Sex. Monday night I'm making gin Tuesday night I'm making men Wednesday night I'm making gin Oh why can't I be making love come back with uh, a little bit of introspective and tired of sex uh a really interesting uh track really i mean <laughs> i don't know it's it's kind of like a it's a very interesting first track on an album if you think about it because it's like i don't know in my mind i always figured you know the way that like uh, the blue album starts with uh, "My Name Is Jonas." It's such like a I think it, it's definitely got themes that are a little darker, but it's also uh, it's also kind of like it's kind of like a little optimistic. 
this is really just about a one night stand. I think I like I don't know. My interpretation was that it's always about like a one. It was about a one night stand, and maybe that the lead lead singer Rivers. I don't know. I I can never tell if it's actually about Rivers or if it's just some like fictitious person he's come up with. But uh, I kind of said that last week about Kings of Leon. I know, but it, it's sometimes hard to tell. Is this like an actual personal story or not? But I feel like it's really just about. You know, someone having a one-night stand and just wanting true love and a more permanent relationship. And I think that's what really gets me about this album is that uh, there's a lot of that, like a lot of a lot of uh, yearning for love. But this song is really kind of simple, and I don't want to dive too much into it because I don't think there's really too much aside from the very obvious uh, here. But uh, yeah, you know, it's really just about that that yearning for a uh, you know more substantial love and a more substantial. Uh, existence of someone else in your life not just yourself right so that's uh tired of sex but uh let's move on to the next track here and i think that a lot of people are you know to get you is not exactly a lot of people's favorite song but let's let's get into it Weezer and listening to Weezer is that there's sometimes times where they take two tracks and sort of take them and ha the tracks are part of like a larger narrative so on the Blue album that would be uh, the world has turned and left me here and no one else no one else sort of being about this idea of someone being insecure about what his girlfriend's doing in uh, her life and the world has turned and left him here being the resulting him being left on his own and knowing really uh you know what to do with himself now that uh his jealousy and uh overall misery has driven her away and this is sort of like a sister to that in a sense where tired of sex is about the sort of one night stand promiscuity sort of just hopping around from girl to girl and Get You is a little bit more of an answer to that. It's about uh, sort of the feeling of that uh, consequences and, you know, whether you really, if, you know, whether you believe in karma or not. I mean, the idea is, is that, you know, he's gone around and slept with all these girls and he ultimately feels responsible for, you know, his actions and, you know, how he's sort of gone around and hopped around like that. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we've all had times where maybe, you know, we don't have a quite a... Uh, you know relationship uh, you know with someone maybe it's a bit more you know promiscuous or whatever but uh i don't know i think the song kind of has a bit of a good-hearted at least end to it with uh you know him ending up falling for one of the girls he's he's being with but you know ultimately she stopped seeing him but it, it's kind of funny because it's like the song has kind of got its highs and lows and it's hard because it's like 
you know, he meets someone that he's been sleeping around with. She likes him and then, you know, stops seeing him. And now he's like, I want you back in my life. So it's it's kind of like this interesting back and forth. Some, there's a lot of positivity to it, but there's also a lot of negative to, negativity to it. And I think uh, there's a lot of sort of ups and downs with that. That's kind of life in general. But uh, yeah, it, it's one of my, it's not one of my favorite Weezer songs, but I do like how it works together with Tired of Sex, just because, again, it's the idea that these two songs do work together in tandem. So there's that. I think that's part of the reason why I always like these tracks so much, is that they were just work well so well together. So, uh, you know, enough about that. Let's uh, move on to uh, No Other One here, a track that a lot of people really enjoy, uh, myself included. So we're back with no other one a song that's about uh this hypothetical girlfriend that rivers has who you know spirals into drug abuse and you know despite all of her shortcomings as a human being you know he still wants to have her around him refuses to leave her just due to his fear of being alone he would rather be in this uh maybe not abusive relationship i don't think that's the right term but maybe an unhealthy relationship uh, despite the, the fact that he knows he shouldn't be in it. Uh, it's interesting too, because this song is originally intended to be on the tr album Songs from the Black Hole. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because that album as a whole was actually an album that, uh, you know, was supposed to sort of, it was unreleased and it was unfinished and it was sort of supposed to be the space themed rock opera musical. Uh, it was supposed to actually be the original follow-up to the Blue Album, so uh, Pinkerton, while it is the follow-up to the Blue Album, it wasn't the original choice. Uh, and you know, a lot of these songs on this album sort of ended up on B-sides, you know, as other, you know, either on Pinkerton or other albums, or on singles, but uh, just this album as a whole, it's just got this really interesting sort of history in terms of how it relates to songs from the black hole i mean i always liked this album i always thought pinkerton was such a great album but it's also interesting to hear that you know basically songs from the black hole which is supposed to be this space themed rock opera musical somehow managed to make its way into pinkerton it's just it's it's kind of weird how that all worked out but uh i don't think it really hampers the song it, if anything kind of elevates it now that you know it's been repurposed a little bit because uh, I think the lyrics were changed from the original uh, cut that was on Songs from the Black Hole. So let's uh, move on to the next track here. And I think that uh, Why Bother has got a lot of good interesting, interesting themes. So let's just give it a quick listen here and just dive into it.
here we are back with Why Bother. Um, yeah, I really like this track. I don't know. I mean, it's not a really deep song in the fact that it's really just about, uh, you know, this uh, desire to not want to approach. I, I guess we should say an anti-desire, uh, uh, a non-existent desire to approach a girl because, you know, you know that in the end you're going to, you know, either they'll be dumped or you'll be dumped and overall you're just kind of sad about, you know, knowing that, you know, you could try and, you know, approach this person but it's ultimately not going to uh, result in anything positive or happy. And I think it's a very pessimistic view. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people, including myself, who've been in relationships that haven't quite ended that way, but, uh, you know, you know, the, the idea that, you know, he would rather keep whacking than approach the girl uh, is sort of a... Uh, it's sort of this weird, sort of almost perverse, and there's a lot of, like, perverse kind of stuff in this album, but I love it for, for that, but, uh, it's a lot of kind of perverse stuff like that, um, I don't know, I, I think it's just kind of interesting that, you know, we, I think we all just sort of have our own little shortcomings in relationships and, you know, the sort of lead up to it, but I just always love that, you know, in this reverse, it's just like, yeah, I'd rather just jerk off than, uh, go meet this girl, it's just, it's funny, it's, you know, it's probably not what most people would want to do, but again, it's sort of how he sort of envisions that that going down. So uh, let's move on to, again, my favorite track on the whole album, Across the Sea. I just I love this song so much guys I, I it's it's one of my favorite songs of all time and I'll tell you why you know just personally so here's a little background on me when I was originally uh, younger and a lot more in shape uh, this was back when I was actually like doing triathlons and it was I was like I was down to like an insanely low uh, like there was like a bare metric for like the amount of fat in your body and mine was like as low as like possible pretty much like i was pretty much a lean machine uh ask me for photos during nerds podcast gmail.com if you want to see what i looked like when i was like this insanely in shape triathlon runner um and uh it was really interesting because i started seeing this girl who uh at the time lived over two hours away 
And at the time I was working and going to school and I only had two days where I basically had nothing that I had to do or needed to or wanted to do or whatever. And I ended up taking those two days and I would just go see this girl. But in the other five days, we were two hours apart and I always just felt so alone and sad. And all I wanted to do is I wanted to go see her. Like, I felt so far away from her. I, and I knew she liked me and I knew she was into me and I knew she wanted to be with me. But I also knew that she was, uh, maybe not across the sea, but that the song sort of felt that way. Like, I felt this, this sort of, I guess... I don't know. I guess like this idea that, you know, in the song, you know, uh, it's about a fan letter from Japan to Rivers, a young girl wrote to him. Um, and, you know, he just feels like, you know, he, he fell in love with this girl through a letter that she sent. And, you know, because they were so long away or so far away, uh, you know, and, you know, ultimately he says, you know, he never he doesn't know anything about her. He didn't ever contact her. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just seems like they sort of bonded just through this one letter and, you know, he felt so distant from her, but yet so intimate at the same time. That's how I felt with this girl I've seen. Like, you know, I, I felt so intimate with her with those two days that we were together, but, you know, outside of the two days, I felt so distant from her. And this was back before, like, texting was even a, much of a thing. Uh, you'd have to call someone and all this other stuff. It was funny. I remember calling her when I was on a bike most of the time because I was triathlon training so we call on her I was sweating on a bike and she'd be like why are you sweating I'm like I swear I'm not I'm not trying to you know be rude or anything but uh, yeah I just I also love too that you know before Pinkerton Songs from the Black Hole was going to be the next album and then Rivers got this letter and this, it was just this letter from a fan that ultimately got Songs from the Black Hole put on the shelf and Pinkerton sort of generated from that so if you want to know why we got Pinkerton instead of songs from a black hole you can thank this song and I do think that uh, for as much as I would have loved to see that track as well I, I kind of tend to agree with a lot of people myself included I really love this this track and I think it really does set the tone for the whole album and obviously there's a lot of other tracks on this album that work but this this track just sort of it's it's positive, it's negative, it's emotional, it's pessimistic. There's just so much going on in this track. It's loaded with emotions. And if you've never really been in a long distance relationship, it's tough to maybe understand. But I think this song perfectly encapsulates sort of those ideas, right? Uh, and again, I, I love the song. I mean, I, I listen to it quite regularly. It's just, it's not exactly a very positive song, but it's sort of under, it sort of helps you understand that you know there can be this distance and you know there's a lot of emotional uh it, you know maybe not issues but there's a lot of emotions packed into it so i really love this album and this track just i mean i think this track really does illustrate just why this album is so good so let's get on to uh the next track the good life
yeah so that's the good life and uh i don't know i really like this track i think it's a, such a good track um the music video is great too the music video by the way uh it's uh i don't know it, it's sort of uh it's just them goofing off and um yeah, it, it's uh, it's always it's also got the the girl who plays Chloe in Twenty Four in it, which I always thought was amazing. Like I saw her in Twenty Four, and I'm like, "Hey, you delivered pizza to Weezer, I think that one time." Uh, no, it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty funny because it's like there's uh the album or sorry the uh, cover of the uh single because i i got the single back when singles were a thing hey you guys remember that and it was such this cool little like shot and i remember it of like forever is just playing in front of this crowd and it just looks so cool and i loved it so i picked it up uh and then the inside sort of had this x-ray and i didn't even know what it was at the time and i later found out it was river's leg with the brace on and i think it's just great because it's like again it's just like that sort of that and i think the events that sort of inspired the good life sort of generated you know caused for genesis of this album and uh yeah it, it's just it's great it's it's a great little uh song um you know it's just about you know getting back to this place of peace and this place of happiness and i think that's a lot of what a lot of people want i mean we all kind of want that in our own little way right um it, it's it's probably more catchier than the other songs in the album uh you know, and I, I actually, in some ways, think the chorus of this uh, track is probably a lot stronger than a lot of other uh, songs, even on the Blue album. Uh, yeah, and it's because it, uh, you know, also too, I think you know, I was telling earlier that you know, this is about Rivers wanting to get back to the good life, and I think that's partially with uh, you know, with him having you know the operation on his leg, and uh, yeah, it's it's. You know, it's funny because we all, you know, we all want to get back to a certain thing, right? And, you know, he, in the, across the sea, he wants the girl, but in this, he just wants life. He just wants to be himself. He wants to go out and have fun and be with his friends. He doesn't want to, you know, uh, be stuck, you know, with a broken leg. You know, he wants to be free and he wants to be able to do what he wants and i think that's why this track works so well is because it's about getting back to that good life and no matter what goes on in your life that may be devastating or you know tragic or whatever you ultimately want to get back to that good life and i think that's why this song is just so impactful even years later so let's get on to uh one of my friend phil's uh favorite tracks uh pinkerton Yeah. 
I think we'd make a good team And you would keep my fingernails clean But that's just a stupid dream that I won't realize Cause I can't even look in your eyes Without shaking and I ain't faking I'll bring home the turkey if you bring home the bacon So here we're back with uh, El Scorcho, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting because when this song first came out, it was not generally liked. I mean, uh, there was sort of like a street team, people who went around back in the day to sort of promote the album, and uh, they polled people on what their favorite tracks were, and you know, people almost had this at like almost always had this at like third place, you know, right below the Good Life and Tired of Sex, which I don't know. I mean, whether you want to think that one track's better than the other, I tend to think of tracks and whatnot as being like the story that's played out across multiple songs right and you can't just take one out like that's why i'm like i I, i'm not one for playlists i'm not one for shuffling because when i want to listen to music i want to listen to an album from start to finish because i like to have that narrative stretch across and you know maybe not all albums are like that but i tend to want to just listen to albums the way that maybe the artist designed them because the artist will obviously put in thought as to how the tracks are so i generally speaking don't like to deviate from that much but man this is such a great song i mean it's such a weird song there's a lot of cult uh cultural references i guess is the best word um yeah and it's funny too because you know like in the song they mentioned going to the green day concert but you know that gets changed you know like you know whether it be food fighters or the pixies and all this other stuff uh it's funny this song sort of has a lot of cultural references in it and uh yeah, I, I've always liked the song, but I mean, I, I can understand why a lot of people get turned off by it, because it's, it's definitely different sounding, but I think when you understand, like, sort of the headspace of where Rivers was in at the time, it just, you know, helps maybe understand it a bit more. So, uh, that's it for El Scorcho. Let's uh, move on to the next track here, which is going to be Pink Triangle.
Yeah, so there is Pink Triangle, a song that I think has a little bit more of a sort of thematic theme here. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because um, this, uh, well, the album came out in 1997, the same year uh, that the movie Chasing Amy came out. And if you know anything about that movie, then you can probably get where I'm going at with this. And that's that the song and the movie share a lot in common. Uh, Chasing Amy is about a man falling in love with a woman who is ultimately a lesbian. Uh, you know, I don't think Kevin Smith knew about the song, nor did uh, Rivers know about the movie. But it's just interesting that the two sort of uh, highlight this idea that... Uh, uh, you know, essentially this guy kind of falls in love with a girl who's ultimately uh, not available in the perspective that, you know, she is not interested in uh, men. So it's, um, I don't know, I, I like the track. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a really good live version of the song that I think if you can find it, it's, it's I mean, Weezer's by and large, like, whenever you watch them live, it's just so much fun, but, uh, the, the song itself was actually kind of inspired when River saw, like, this beautiful girl in one of his classes, and just, you know, he just, he, he fantasized of being with her and all this, and, you know, you know, and he just sort of inferred because she had a pink button on her backpack that she was, she was lesbian, so he didn't even know if she was lesbian or not, you know, unlike chasing Amy, where the character clearly knows that someone's a lesbian, so... Uh, that's that. But I always kind of like the track. I mean, even if it's not the most exciting track, and you know, I don't think it gets a lot of attention as some of the other uh, tracks on the album, but definitely it's a lot of fun and uh, works very well for that regard. I think, too, I mean, it, I mean, this album sort of has a lot of emotional highs and lows, and I think that's what makes the album so great. But this is definitely one of those, like, it's kind of weird ones because it's like, I think Weezer albums as a whole is always, are always touching on the fact that, like, Rivers is an insecure guy. I mean, how many times does he sort of just, you know, implode on himself just because of his own actions? So I think the idea that, you know, yeah, he even, you know, even I'm probably sure now he probably has his, his nerves tendencies, but, uh, and actually I listened to uh, an episode of W2F, WTF, sorry, plug for that, where he uh, sort of talks a little bit more and, you know, you can tell he's, he, he's an interesting guy, and I think you should definitely recommend uh, listening to that when you can. But uh, let's get on to the next track here, which is going to be Falling For You. Holy cow, I think I got one here. Now just what am I supposed to do? We're back, 
And uh, yeah, that's um, Falling For You, which it's interesting. It's sort of like a sequel to El Scorcho. Now I didn't really touch on the themes of El Scorcho because I thought I wanted to save that for this, but I think thematically it's sort of this idea that there's this girl that's almost unobtainable. Uh, you know, and when she finally does give him the attention, uh, you know, in this track, he sort of doesn't know what to do with himself. Uh, you know, and maybe he just doesn't get it. I think we're all kind of like that. You know, maybe this is like that fun girl that you're like, and I'm really into this girl, and then when she does talk to you and gives you that attention, you're like, cow, like, that's... <laughs> How did I work that one out, you know? It's just, it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, uh... I think it's about gaining confidence, and I think that's kind of what this track sort of aims at, in his own sort of awkward way. You know, it's sort of about, you know, can you ultimately find peace, uh, you know, here? And I think that's, that's kind of why, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, that's, I think what we're all trying to do is tr find confidence in and of ourselves, right? And, you know, maybe Rivers does it in a way that's unique to himself, but I think ultimately that's what this whole album and his whole music uh you know is all about is just are you confident do you are you able to go and talk to someone it's hard i mean it's hard for anybody even you know those who think they know what they're doing it's it's not easy and uh that's what i like about this album it balances confidence and insecurity in a way that's realistic i mean that's how we are with life you know we don't know exactly what we're doing but you know we tend to maybe still with the flow so to speak so it's kind of why i've always liked this album and that's why it's one of my favorite albums i mean it's one of my it's i mean this song i like the song just as much as any other track on this album you know maybe a little bit less so than others but it sort of illustrates some of the great themes of this album so with that let's move on to the last track here and that's butterfly Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm 
Okay guys, so that's Butterfly, and uh, I think that perfectly just sums up this album. I mean, here's the thing, Cuomo, Rubus Cuomo went up to Matt Sharp, who unfortunately left the band shortly after Pinkerton, but went up to him and gave him this track and thought, you know, out, asked him for his opinions, like, what do you think about this? And uh, Sharp listened to it and came back to Rivers and basically told him, you need to put this song on the album. Like, it's essential. You can't let this be cut. And I think it's perfectly, you know, I understand that because when you look, when you just listen to this song, it's, it's partially sort of sad and, you know, maybe there's, you know, some, you know, things here that, you know, maybe aren't too pleasant to hear, but I think it's, it's Cuomo's, Livers Rivers Cuomo, again, at his lyrical best. Like, he's, he just put so many, so much effort into the lyrics here. That's sort of why I wanted to, you know, maybe just, I mean, obviously the album leaves with this track and I wanted to leave with it too, because it's, it's just part of why this album is so great. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of albums afterwards that sort of with Weezer that focus on, you know, pop sounds like obviously the green album, you know, it was sort of a bit more you know poppy and you know there's other albums that are a bit more poppy after that and you know we just returned a bit more to their alternative roots but i think there's really no, not been any weezer track up until this point or even album that's come close to pinkerton or anything on pinkerton i would take sadly any track off pinkerton over anything new on weezer's albums any day as much as i love weezer and i love their new stuff like the white album was actually a really good album i thought that there's a lot of good genuine tracks in there but again lyrically nothing is as good as pinkerton pinkerton for me as like is weezer just understanding who well rivers understanding who he is and sort of putting his emotional complexities onto uh, lyrical form and I think it works so well so that's it for music talk this week I really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to me talk about Pinkerton I hope you you know maybe you put this on regular rotation maybe you listen to Pinkerton a little bit more than you used to before with a bit more understanding of what it means and what the album truly represents so if you like music talk please uh, check us out on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all that stuff Give us a review, please. I always appreciate it. And you can always email uh, myself at 3 at gmail.com. Let me know uh, if you have any suggestions for albums in the future. I think I'm going to open it up a bit more for the uh, third episode. What do you guys want me to talk about? You know, maybe you can challenge me a bit. I don't, I've never listened to a Metallica album. Should I listen to one? Is there a good Metallica album? Let me know. Um, you know I'm not saying specifically Metallica. You can give me other suggestions as well. Uh, follow us on social media, 3 Angry Nerds Podcast. Uh, you know, we have our website, 3 where we've got a bunch of other podcasts, including 3 Angry Gamers and My Thing Could Be Your Thing. There's tons of content there. I think in total, you probably would have around like eight hours worth of content in a week if you add everything together. So that's quite a bit. And that's it. We'll uh, see you guys next week. I'm going to try to be a bit more regular with this. I'm hoping to get a new episode up in around two weeks' time, but we'll see. Uh, don't hold me to that, please. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, depends on what goes on in my life, but, uh, I'll keep you guys updated. All right. Thanks so much guys. And we'll see you guys next week or well, not next week, next two weeks, hopefully.